Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. I am so excited to get to sit down with George Rocket. George is the CEO and co-founder of Data Center Dynamics, uh, a business that produces conferences both virtually and in person uh, about the data center industry. Uh, so stay tuned. Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. Focus on cloud location, data center industry trends, the dynamic market. Well, hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I am very excited to be joined by George Rocket. George is the CEO and co-founder of Data Center Dynamics. If you're in the data center space, you know this guy. And so, George, thanks so much for joining. Great to see you. Great. Thanks for having me. I I'm usually on the other end doing what you're doing, <laughs> but this is quite refreshing. I know. Uh, well, let's, let's start with that because, uh, as I mentioned, I mean, people in this space, this industry... Uh, they know you. You are. You have been in the uh, data center uh, space and market for a long time, uh, and you know, really, were in it when it was a lot less um, maybe cool. That's probably the wrong word, but I'm going to use it uh, than it is today. So, talk about uh, how you got into this market and what was like the catalyst to you jumping into the data center space. Well, first, it's cool, and it's always been cool. Nobody <laughs> knew it, right? That's all. That's right. <laughs> I think. How, how I got into the space was because nobody knew knew the mm. space. Uh, um, about 1997, so a long time ago, uh, I was uh, uh, selling advertising, working in publishing. That's kind of like my thing. And uh, uh, with uh, Dan Scarborough, who co-founded DCD with me, uh, uh, um, we happened upon an opportunity to sell space in a data center. We thought it was like ad space. Uh, um, and in fact, it wasn't like ad space mm -hmm. at all. And no one really knew what it was. Sure. And, uh, we weren't doing very well at it. Um, but we knew about publishing and uh, marketing and advertising. And we saw an opportunity to educate a market because the market needed to be educated. Uh, and at that time, we set up a magazine called Colo Network Europe. Uh, um, so our, our, our roots are, have always been in publishing and we published uh, more about this and we got further into it and this was pre-dot-com bubble and then uh, Colo's had a hard time post the bubble and by then our eyes were wide open so these things are everywhere big corporates already have them they've just mm -hmm. it's just not been there hasn't been a vocabulary to explain what they are they were just another part of a building facility it was another part of corporate real estate and thus the journey began and by 2002 we put on a first event and then at some point we're having like 50 events a year and we've just been on this crazy journey uh, with the industry since then. So it's been a fun ride and it's just really interesting. It's like we're at the beginning. You know, everybody always says it's a nascent industry and it kind of like is, you know, it's kind of like it was the wild west for years and now it's kind of like normalizing into a proper mm -hmm. industry sector. It's a, and it's a really fun place to be right now. Yeah, you know, I think back to the beginning of 2020, and I, I know, you know, some businesses were not impacted by COVID um, in an extreme fashion. As it relates to the event business, it really was. And, and if you were in that world, I'm sure you had to totally rethink the way that you did business. Talk about that. What was that like as, as a leader for DCD? Because you mentioned 50. And if you've never been to a DCD conference, I mean, these are massive conferences with days full of agendas that go hour to hour. I mean, this is, um, these are, these are big events and you did 50 of them across the world. So how did you go from, 
doing these, uh, you know, in person to basically like online overnight. So, yeah, that's interesting. 50 is a number that I think that was, you know, maybe a decade ago or a little bit. Uh, uh, the, the scale of the events we do now, you know, we were doing about 16 or had them planned before um, the world changed a bit. Um, there's a couple of stories. Uh, story one is how do you change when everybody's working from home? And we were about to move office. We're, we're having an office fit, fit out down the road from us, a new office. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, and in about February, I'd been down to our server room. We'd been in this building for about eight years or six, six years. And I looked around and I said, what is all of this? Mm -hmm. got crap everywhere and it looks like it's expensive crap everywhere <laughs> right and we're not using it because we use google don't we sure. and somebody said well we need to authenticate the uh laptops around the world with this and i said this is this is crazy when we move this office we're not walking out of this office with a server or a phone system we're going to use the best of technologies out there and that was you know i really i've been wanting to do it for years and this was sure. the everyone walk in and um we were we were doing that actually when we decided that we could no longer work from the office right um before there was an official shutdown it was just clear something's happening um the last laptop got sat down the last chromebook to force everybody to use <laughs> to, to use gmail landed on the desk with all the soft phones ready so there was no we use technology to seamlessly walk work from home which i mm -hmm. thought was wonderful it's a whole data center story therein yep but yeah, the biggest story we had loads of events planned in fact we you and i were going to meet up in new york yeah on the 30th of march right yeah of course we were two weeks out from that event which is our biggest event in the calendar it's a two thousand person event at the marriott marquee you know two three days lots going on and we pivoted immediately to digital because we could because we had the technology because we've been doing webinars because I think the world was already changing in the way people engage with content. So the monolithic meet at an event once a year, right, um, I think was starting to have its days numbered to, to a certain extent. If you were going there for content, I think the conference side, um, we were forced into the virtual world, what we call now broadcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Having regular contact with the market, ongoing contact. Um, so it's a pretty quick transition. We also, um, out of necessity, had to put out quite an extensive uh, virtual conference program at the time through that summer. Mm -hmm. um, so we did. We started off, I think, with eight new events in a three-month period, and we got tens of thousands of people engaged in it. Um, and we haven't looked back. Um, we're actually looking forward at how we can do better, how we can move from monolithic conferences to bite size. Like today, we've got DCD critical power going on, and it's just about critical power. And yep. we're able to get experts from all the way around the world that we'd never get in a room together or into a little virtual round table. And what's happening is just a lot more energy. I think the industry's adopting ideas quicker i think there's more people mm -hmm. engaged with what's going on online than ever before and ideas are moving quicker um but you know our heart and our soul is in events and people meeting each other and we can't wait to get back and we've got a whole new events format kicking off in london in october and coming through the us next year and that's just about people meeting each other yep 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. we're vibed about the future. The journey has been really interesting, right? Because not only has there been a complete change in uh, the media and events model, that's happened at the same time that our industry's like on rocket fuel, right? It's like, <laughs> so that's true. So they needed more information at the time. Yep. It was an industry sector that was going some. It's an industry sector where there's money. Where there's money, there's procurement. Where there's procurement, there's a need for knowledge and so yep. on and so forth. Yep. So it's like, you know, uh, dare I say it, a perfect storm, right? And, and obviously people have had a terrible time, but in, in the idea of creating content and communicating with the market and bringing people together, it, it, it really has been. Yeah, the you know one of the things you mentioned that reminds me of, you know, companies probably would have struggled significantly, like just going from the normal way of business to digital. Uh, you know that process is really hard and it takes a lot of thought. Well, the the environment really forced a lot of people into that, whether they liked it or not. So that pain that they felt, it was you had to do it if you wanted to survive in, in certain ways. And, uh, and so I think that was probably good for a lot of, of, of companies across the board, not just for the data center industry. The second thing you mentioned was just about getting people back together. I think that, uh, it, you know, when you, and you know conferences better than anyone, but uh, the value of human connection, face-to-face -face connection, I think this time period has made us realize how valuable that really is. And, and I think it probably took a, a scenario like this uh, to, unfortunately, to make, you know, people realize that, man, there, there is great value in being able to go to New York and, you know, sit with others and listen and learn and connect. And I think that, you know, I think while this has created a whole new market related to like topic, uh, specific topic um, interest and different things that probably DCD and others can do on a topic level, it's also maybe reinvigorated or, or uh, rejuvenated the uh, enjoyment around being with other people at conferences and, and et cetera, that I, that I think will happen over the next, you know, 12 to, to 24 months. So you, you mentioned the, the power, uh, or power conference that you're doing today or the, the, the webinar. Talk to me about what you've seen be the topics that people in the data center industry have wanted to hear about. I mean, you you all track this very well. So actually, uh, we were on a, a webcast, I don't know if it was three to six months ago, and you showed me some of the, the thought process and thought leadership DCD has taken to engage um, users and really understand what users are wanting to listen to and hear about. I was really impressed by that. Talk about what some of those topics are that, that you think people want to hear about today. Uh, this is a it's a complex industry, right? Different people want to hear about different things depending on what they're doing. Data center is a big word, right? Yeah, sure. And before I go into it, just about the acceleration of content, you guys haven't done a bad job at putting great content together. And that's accelerated <laughs> because of this, right? Yeah, so sure. So it needs must, right? When the devil takes yep. the drum. So perhaps we're all getting better at curating content and it means when we get to meet each other we're probably going to have a much more educated conversation sure the time that's gone that's in, a good is, point which is really exciting uh, um, and my first plug we will be in new york on the 25th and 26th of april <laughs> 2022 at the new york marriott marquee again <laughs> there we go come on um so what are the topics that people want to hear about what, what do they want to talk about People want to talk about the future. 
we're in an industry where we hear this word 2030 so much right um and uh, by 2030 you've got all the carbon neutral pledges you've starting to get things like the you know the uh, the the EU coalitions together talking about 2030. The industry is really trying to make big change with technologies that aren't quite here yet. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got that 2030 and there's a gap between now and then. And that gap's a bit of no man's land. Should we have generators? Shouldn't we have generators? Well, Mm -hmm. there's no alternative. Well, what can we get? And it's really uh, 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 ripe for, for, for... for lateral thinking. You know, I was just literally this morning off the back of yesterday, somebody sent me a note of, off the back of a panel we had yesterday, uh, sent me a note saying, I re- I've got something to say about this generatorless data center. Uh, and I did an interview with him this morning. Uh, it was Lex Cause from Interaction. Sure. With a really lateral thought about, well, what he really doesn't want to do is have to start up his generators on a monthly basis. Yeah. And yeah. if that were the case, Right. Well, would it be okay? Um, But yesterday, nobody said that. And this is an accelerated kind of like uh, debate that's going on. Sustainability is core. And I think we're people are working out the vocabulary. It's interesting, right? You've got technology, but actually you've got how do we as an industry communicate with each other about Mm -hmm. what's right or wrong and use the right vocab? Often we're using the wrong vocab. So we've got people becoming sustainability experts through listening. Uh, yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a, a big topic that's out there. Um, density is rife at all the events. We had Keeping It Cool last week, and we always like link density with the rack cooling and things like that. But we had a guy on yesterday from HPE talking about 400 kilowatt GPU racks. Sure, oh. maybe only a few people in the world might end up using these in the supercomputer world, but it's pushing the bounds of of what the natural possibility is in the industry so yeah we berate ourselves in the industry for being so averse to risk mm-hmm. and to innovation uh, um, and i think that that's being challenged in discussions at the moment as well um i know that, that those are some of my you know my my high points at the moment of the discussion yeah well and i i think you know one of the interesting perspectives I think you have is that the people that come to DCD and are a part of the DCD community, you know, come from, you know, many different personas. You have data center operators, you have data center vendors, you have the actual users themselves. Um, you know, you have consultants in the market that are trying to learn. So you, you, I think the, the really interesting thing about where DCD sits is you get to see all these different perspectives and so much of the industry growth will come, in my opinion, or, or when we get to that 2030 perspective will be when all those perspectives are, are seen and you're able to really start to understand how some of these new technologies or our understanding how to deal with risk changes over time. And it really comes with thought leadership and that thought getting out there and being communicated. Um, how do you, I want to talk about the, the, the vendor community, those that are serving the, the data, the da- physical data centers themselves, data center users, you know, what do you, have you seen that group change over time? You know, you, as you mentioned, y'all started in 1997 in the data center space. And, um, but you know, those that are really trying to serve the market, what are they doing differently? What are they doing to really change how they approach the market? Um, how have you seen it change? It's a really interesting question. Uh, 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 um, 
it's, it's, it's something worthy of doing kind of like a, a thesis on, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you kind of like from gut, uh, um, we've got many of the same vendors. It's, it's interesting. You've got these, the behemoth vendors, they're enormous. You've got the Vertives, X Emerson's, the Schneiders, you've got the Honeywells, you've got, they've got, and they spend an immense amount of money on R&D. Um, you know, they do in the hundreds of millions. Um, and they are really sincere about they meet with their they meet with their clients they're working together on solutions you've got that big top end right and then you've got this huge slew of much smaller companies that are really expert in an area mm-hmm. uh, 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 um i don't know if all industry sex is the same because obviously as you can tell i you know by my age i don't really know any other industry <laughs> <laughs> i don't know much else but but um you see these dedicated suppliers that have grown up over time um, and they've grown within an industry as the industry grows. And that's quite mm-hmm. heartening to see. Uh, uh, everything is about aversion to risk, right? Is to the redundancy inherent within equipment. It's like mm-hmm. it's big ticket stuff. You know, people don't just try things for the hell of it. Sure. So when we do talk about averseness to risk, there's also out there the willingness to try new things and to work with smaller organizations, which I think is really good. Um, and that might that might be under threat a bit because Colo's getting really big, right? As part of the segment, you know that, you know, this mm-hmm. is bread and sure. Yep. And Colo is spreading around the world you've got less regional variants and discussions that are happening. You've got solutions that have to happen at speed and scale really, really quickly. Uh, uh, um, and I, I don't know, it's a reality. It's what they call the industrialization in a way, right? Of sure. the data center. Um, people always talk about having less SKUs, right? And more availability of those SKUs in order to build very, very quickly. Uh, uh, um, so you kind of like hope that the best is taken going forward. I, th- I think things are being done well, but I think you, that, that creates a consolidation where maybe there's less independent innovative thought that's going to start happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, y- your comment about just the, the different, I guess, uh, business sizes related to the, the vendors is really interesting because it has you know, changed significantly over time related to some smaller companies that are actually serving the space and having a big impact. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Tell me about your view on like where you're seeing market growth, specifically like different geographies. So as I mentioned, uh, or as you mentioned before, you know, DCD is, uh, when you're out, you know, doing conferences in person, you're, you're all over the world. Uh, so, and, and we track the data center market, obviously by market size and all that stuff. I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective. Where are you seeing maybe normal activity? And then are there some areas that you go, Hey, this is kind of surprising that we're seeing this amount of activity and, you know, these amount of markets. It's interesting because there's markets and there's segments, right? Um, and some markets correlate directly with segments and some are generalist. And, you know, we find that yep. with organizing conference programs you know in new york it's kind of generalists with who's there and in london it's kind of generalists and san francisco it's kind of specific and yep. uh, virginia is a lot like singapore to all intents yeah. and purposes right yeah 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 so you got the specialist and generalist markets 
um, everywhere is growing because IT transformation is pervasive across the world. Right. And sometimes for language reasons, we don't see what's happening. Like, you know, we, we don't see a lot what's happening in China, but it's just, you know, they're having a build out equal or greater. Sure. Um, you then look at segments of the market, you know, one that we're doing a lot more writing about, probably because it's in the public eye, is crypto. Mm -hmm. you know, I saw some report a while ago that said it was, you know, 43, uh, uh, thousand terawatt hours or something a year of crypto that could be equal to a quarter of the of the data center energy consumption of the world <laughs> you don't see it right right and suddenly we see stories about oh this place is this this crypto mine is going next to a, a nuclear powered crypto mine we i've seen that headline a few sure yeah it's not nuclear powered is it it's by a power station a nuclear power station sure <laughs> that's producing uh, electricity and, and and i think you know, you see that as in the crypto markets doing a lot and that might change and fluctuate very quickly. Um, but, you know, headlines we write all the time. There's so much going on in Latin America, in Brazil, but theirs is more probably of an edge challenge in those countries at the moment, right? So you're seeing edge grow out in them. You're seeing what's happening around Singapore. So we had the Singapore moratorium. Sure, sure there was still growth required and you start seeing what's happening in Malaysia and Indonesia, you know, 280 million people on 14,000 islands. And you kind of like go, what kind of IT are they going to need? What kind of web <laughs> sure, are sure. they going to need? So you can characterize what's going on in every location, you know, Eastern Europe, the, the rush on Poland at the moment, who knew? Mm -hmm. well, what's the mm -hmm. rush on Poland? It seems everybody's building a data center in Poland and not even a little data center. So you've got these global strategies now that are joining, you know, Eastern Europe with Northern Europe and what yeah. might be happening further east. It's like the gaps being filled in. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, yeah. the Nordics, okay, yeah. got a local market. And, you know, what happens when there's a subarctic cable? It's like the gaps are being filled in. Oh, years ago, and this is 2014, I watched a TED talk with a guy called Brian Slavin, S-L-A-V-I-N. Well, Type it in, right, uh, 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 um, in, 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 into the internet, and you'll, you'll come up with this TED talk. And it was a guy that was looking at algorithms and said that algorithms are like a part of nature. And he did this long discourse about how algorithms were changing financial markets and all sorts of different markets. And then about 13 minutes in, he goes, and all this is these things called data centers. That's where algorithms live. And if you ask an algorithm, where it was the best place to live, he said, and all algorithms want to be, uh, 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 um, they want to be the most efficient they can be. Mm. And then he showed this map and he kind of like said, it's a bit way between every major urban population in the world. It's halfway between. So a lot of them would be in the ocean, a mm. lot of these data centers, if you ask an algorithm. And now you see the run on cable landing sites and data centers. Sure. So you've got, you know, over Washington, right? You know, uh, Washington, Virginia Beach. Yep. Uh, you've yep. got Marseille. You've got people in Portugal. What was it? Four billion uh, by some uh, uh, investment money coming in for a huge site in Portugal by cable landing station. That seems like an interesting segment now, right? Super yep. campuses. That gets the algorithm halfway in between. So I think that's an interesting kind of like uh, area that's kind yeah. of like, yeah. That's rife. Yeah, your your comment about the gaps being filled in is a is a really good one 
uh, and and it reminds me of the while this industry is mature in a lot of areas, it's also there's also huge opportunities other places and with really underserved countries and uh, communities that. Uh, and this is one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of the growth in some of these secondary markets. And we're not talking about like small, you know, requirements. We're talking about very big, sizable requirements to to uh, serve the populations of, you know, a number of these countries that have, have been, you know, historically underserved. So, and then also just the fact that you, you mentioned the different segments, that's a really good point. So if you're listening to this um, podcast, you know, one of the exciting things is that different segments continue to pop up. You know, George mentioned edge. He mentioned the subsea cable landing locations. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about hyperscale. There's the co-location side, there's the cloud. I mean, there's, there's so many parts of this industry that are changing. And I think that's, that's a number of the reasons I get excited about this. When I think about when I started in this space and how much it's changed over the last you know, 15 years, uh, it makes me just even more excited to think, what's it going to be like in five years? You know, what's it going to be like, uh, as you mentioned, in the future? Uh, and, and what new sectors will be out there? That's what gets me excited. What about you? What, from your standpoint, and, you know, gets you excited to, to remain in this space for the next 5, 10, 15 years? Okay, I think... Um... I think it's nice being valued with some expertise. So putting your 20 years in and then looking forward and it's nice to be at the beginning of an industry. Sure. And knowing that it's still young. Yeah. Um, and from what you've said again, you know, the, the opportunities in direction are endless and multiple. There's not going to be one route to growth. There's going to be people with different IT requirements that are ever changing. There's going to be specialization, right? Yep. Um, you know, you spoke about the big sectors, hyperscale, cola, and then we kind of like go into what's happening within them. You've got colas that are devoted to high density computing, and that's a lot with life sciences. And then that's taking another avenue. And then, you know, what are the chip makers going to come out with? You know, as Moore's law comes to an end, where's innovation going to go in the whole yep. stack? It's going to change. It's like, you know, the network is going to change. When we talk about edge, we're talking about the network, really, aren't we? And that's going to change. It's going to require things of different shapes and different sizes, and it's going to be pervasive. But I think the single one thing that most interests me, and say two, but I'll do the start with the one, is how the data center industry could become such a major participant in the energy grid of the future. Mm. Now, we, we started an event called Energy Smart. Uh, as a pre-conference, I think it was in 2017 or 18 in San Francisco. And it was like, I'd been speaking to people from the energy world, you know, the energy providers and data center people. And I thought there isn't a language. There's no communication here. There are a few people at Google and Microsoft who've come from the energy sector that are teaching those big hyperscalers how to talk energy. But other than that, there's not a lot going on. Uh, uh, and I thought, let's bring them together you know, two, three years later, now it just seems as a dialogue. It's just mm -hmm. part of what's going on. And when you move forward, it's like we're talking about distributed grids. Well, a data center is just big batteries on a regulating a distributed grid. I think there's just 
whole mindsets that are going to be challenged and they can benefit everyone. And I think that's really cool. And then we go up into outer space. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Seb Moss, our editor, uh, 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 and the team have been writing a lot about what's going on in space, data centers in space, communication networks in space. You know, it suddenly adds another dimension to where communications can go and therefore where data centers can go. And I sure. Really, really interesting. So maybe those are the two biggies for me. You bet. Well, George, thank you so much for taking the time to connect. If you want to learn more about data center dynamics, you can go to their website. Uh, they have conferences, virtual conferences, and soon to be back in uh, person face-to-face -face conferences. Uh, and they're great. I just, you know, from my perspective, uh, I know the times that I've gotten to be there, not just uh, on panels and that type of stuff, but just meeting with people. Uh, I always find my time there really valuable. And even the virtual experiences that you all have created, you know, my hats are off to you. Uh, one, to transform your business that quickly, uh, but then two, do it to the quality that you all have. Uh, so um, thank you again for taking the time. It's great to be with you and look forward to more in the future. You too, David Liggett. It's really good to be working with you. Great to see Data Center Hawk growing and growing and uh, to be part of a great industry with you.